Rick Jensen. On 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. Delaware has fewer people in Philadelphia, and you, we got like five times more great musicians than Philly. I know. I've wasted time and money going to Philly, going to a couple clubs, going, this band sucks. Now, around here in Delaware, though, there's so many great bands, you don't have to go anywhere. And in studio right now are two of Delaware's finest musicians. Except for Tony. We've got... (laughs) You know I'm going to give you a hard time, man. Absolutely. I know my my audience. (laughs) And and we all know that that, that I know the opposite is true. You're fantastic. Uh, Tony Capella, not only being a great bass player and learned note for note of everything uh, in the entire Who catalog, which, by the way, that's an awesome accomplishment. And then uh, Jim Miller, also at Out and About magazine. Tell me about your band region, man. Well, Rick, we just put out an album in November, and this will be will be actually kind of having a release party coming up soon in in April. Um, but the band is Tony on bass. Oh my God, Tony's yeah. another. Uh, how, wait, wait, wait! How many bands are you in now, dude? I'm still trying to recover from the amputation thing. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not a moil, I'm okay with it. Nice, there you go. <laughs> Did they serve like Vienna sausages at those <laughs> at a bris? Did they, did they never have mushroom yeah. caps or Vienna sausages at a bris? You brought it up. I know. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. All now, right. I'm I'm in a bunch of bands. I know. So uh, Montana Wild X and Jim, you've actually jammed with uh, the guys at Montana Wild I may X. I have played with them once or twice. Yeah. yeah so. Exactly. You know, Montana Montana Wild X, uh, the longest running jam band in Delaware, is fantastic musicians. Just great. And and then Tony, it's like, dude, he's 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 so he's a black belt in martial arts. Like that doesn't take much time. Got a full time job, uh, which takes some traveling around the country. And let's see, uh, you're in Stone Shakers. You're in What the Funk. You're in Montana Wild X. You're in Region, dude. It's yeah. probably three other bands. Yeah, it's probably right. three others too. Vinyl Shockley. Yeah. I just joined a band called Earth Jam. Are you? You're not, you're not three hour tour as well, are you? The uh, no, yacht rock no, band. No, I'm not. Wow. I'm okay. Not. There's there's the yeah. one that you're not in. I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, How Train too, which is you know yeah. Jason Webb. Well, I get. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's because what the bass is so easy to play. You could just. Walk in. I'm just kidding. You have a seven-second delay on this? I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, here, I'll say something else about this. Is yeah. that not only is he in all these bands, not only does he have a job, not only, but Tony is, I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, you talked about amputations. I think Tony might be, I think he might be cloned. Yeah. And that there's two Tonys because he, he uh, and you know this, Rick, well, this is a good segue, I think, is that, Tony is the head guy when it comes to Shine a Light. And, yeah. yeah. And, and this kind of... Runner. So yeah. this all plays into what the, the bigger story is here, or, or part of the story, is that um, Shine a Light, for people who don't know, Shine a Light is a, is a, a concert that we do annually at the Queen, and we raise money for local music programs for kids in underserved communities. And it's been very successful. I think most of them have sold out. We did the last one on March 4th, Saturday. Rick introduced the show, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we did songs from 1983, and it was really well-received. Dude, the, the it, thing, it, the, was, it was not just well-received, I guess. So I think uh, 750 people is the maximum allowed at the Queen Theater. 
yeah. upstairs, downstairs. And thank God, I think the fire marshal made it 751. I mean, you know, was, right. so the place was packed. They didn't just, it wasn't just well-received. You had hundreds of people on their feet cheering and dancing for four straight hours. And normally it's something like this. You see like half the people gone by the last song because they, they don't want to mess with parking. Yeah. No, everybody stayed at the very end. I mean, right. it was extraordinary. We've done this for 11 years. I think this was the best audience we we've had and and you know we've had some great audiences for this show but, yeah but the audience you're you're right the audience was singing along the songs oh i mean up and down dancing just most just like on hanging on every note it was wonderful to see from the stage but uh, i want to get back to you know tony is a guy who you know look we're in a band here with five guys and some extra players region you know and we'll be playing for the first time in a while on on april 14th at the queen and we're trying to get together for this show yeah and it's tough getting those schedules together tony has to schedule 60 plus musicians for the shine a light show so i I really don't know how he does it and stays sane every year year because (laughs) we have we have less rehearsals than we did (laughs) before and we have more musicians and uh i mean we're at the show i mean the proof is in the pudding it was a great show there's pudding um, <laughs> I love pudding. You missed the pudding. Where's the pudding? Uh, it was upstairs. <laughs> it was a great show, and and uh, you know Tony gets. Sh- there's not. I don't know how many other people could do that. Right, it really is. No, it's and, true. and so that's one of the reasons I think that people. Not only is he a great player, but I think people gravitate to him because. I first of all, I, I don't know how if he's able to say no. Yeah. Second. But he, you know, he's just really connected, and he's been doing this for a long time, and he's a professional. And we're you know? talking about him right here in front right. of his face. I, I like that because uh, and he just slipped me a five dollar. Yeah. No, it's he true. Just, <laughs> he just slipped me a five dollar bill. So. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because, no, dude, you have a you're, you're look, uh, smart guy, well organized. Okay, fairly well organized, and, and a great <laughs> sense of humor, and you know, you know how to say no nicely to people. If somebody wants to do something, you that's not going to work. And we want to do this song, do that song, that's not going to work. And you just say, but I think you'd be great on this song. I mean, you know how yeah. to work with people. So that's the thing. There are many uh, musicians, as, as you know, Jim, who are um, maybe not as, uh, what the what word am I looking for here? Um, uh, you mean more flaky? Musicians are flaky. Look, I, flaky, I'll admit it. But I, no, 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 no. I, I think yeah. no. I, I don't think I don't. I think Tony is less flaky than most musicians. Is why he's successful. <laughs> but to get back to so why this why we're even talking is because what happened with Region was it didn't start off as a band. It started off as a recording project, and it really started off with one song and. I, Brad Newsom, who's a very talented guitarist and yeah. amazing studio, has a, an amazing studio mind and has a lot of experience. We, I had been doing some recording for him for another project, and um, I had just got my synthesizer fixed. Uh, it was the first synthesizer I ever owned. It was Juno 106 vintage synthesizer. Just got the new chips put in, and and I was like, I'd like to record a song that just with this synthesizer. It's probably very, going to be very boring for ninety percent of the people out there, but th- but it's for people who love synthesizers. It'll be very exciting, and and we did this song, and that was it. It was really just a one song thing. Tony heard the song, and he was like, "We should do it. You should do another. Let me play on it." And and so we did do another, and it turned into one song after another. And then we finally had enough songs. We're like, "We should do something with this," 
And um, so it really kind of started off as something that I was going to pitch to Rowan, the the Juno uh, 106, the, the maker, the synthesizer maker, because we've done this thing on a vintage synthesizer, and I just didn't know how many people were recording on vintage synthesizers anymore. So synthesizer. It's too ch- it's, it's it's expensive. <clears throat> you know, you, you just get, you get a little, yeah. you get a Casio, hook it up, you're done. Right, right. Yeah. So, but, so, you know, Tony heard this and really kind of was pushing to do more. And, and I think that's one of the things that why people gravitate to Tony because he's a positive guy. He's connected. He, he, you know, like you said, if he doesn't like idea, he'll tell you he doesn't like it. He does it nicely. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. he's very, you know, sometimes he's got to be the, the boss. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so that's kind of really this thing snowballed and, you know, Tony brought Richie Rabini and Dan Long. Nice. Uh, Richie's a longtime friend with of Tony yep. and Dan Long. He, of course, he's played with uh, uh, with Montana for years and in different projects. What the funk? Um, so, you and know, you, and, and you, and, and what we, and Jim? What about you, dude? I mean, you know, you've been uh, you you also shine a light on the Queen. Uh, I think you were there also at the very beginning. Light up the Queen. I remember I emceed a lot of performances there as they're trying to raise money to get the Queen Theater. Right. Uh, and uh, I remember flying back when my mom was uh, ill in California, and I had promised to emcee a, a, uh, a Light Up the Queen event, and I flew back here, and I did that, and flew back there, and I remember you and, and so many others being there. But you also uh, been in a number of projects, if not a whole lot of different bands, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not as old as Tony, so my story uh, is not as... Uh, my stories aren't <laughs> as <know>. legendary as... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I I enjoy music. I yeah. really do, Rick. And I know you're a musician, and and you get it. And to me, it's like, um, which was really the the hard one of the hardest parts of COVID was not being able to play. And so now that we're back, it's really uh, it's really a joy. I got so much out of Shine a Light this year. It was just a really spectacular year. And then being able to do things like this. To be able to play with with Region again, yeah. and on April fourteenth, we, we've got an early slot. We're actually playing at six thirty, so we'll be opening for Tree Walker and Grace, and um, and we could talk more about that yeah, later. Let's do but, that because but, this, this thing is the vinyl countdown. But, but the, yeah. you know this the album we did we we you know we have a we have a friend who is part of the Shine Light family. His name's Christian Salcedo, and he passed away. Tragically, yeah. you know, in, in a in a traffic accident, and this was about probably six or seven years ago. And as part of the Light Up the Queen Foundation, we started a, a scholarship program in his honor, and we it's been very successful, and it's been such a joy to be part of this. And so, when we put out this album, the Region album, we did three hundred copies. Uh, we've already raised enough money from sales so far on the record to to uh create one scholarship for a lucky i'd say lucky or you know hard-working student out there who will get um a new instrument and will get music lessons and probably would not have had that opportunity if we had not set up the scholarship so that's the idea of the scholarship is to look for kids in the community who may be from underserved community uh underserved neighborhoods and and you know if they've got uh, some interest in music we hook them up with lessons 
they may already be taking lessons now. We, we extend those lessons. We get them new music equipment. And it's a way that we can honor Christian Salcedo, who was our friend. And also, I should add, a music teacher. Yeah. And uh, just a lovely guy, just a wonderful spirit. And it's, you know, this is part of the stuff that we've been doing with the Shine a Light concert and, and Light Up the Queen and Christian Salcedo Music Scholarship is really just trying to do things that we feel benefit the music community and keep this, all of this you know, you mentioned this. Well, I think we really do have a special thing here. You're not going to find a concert like Shine a Light in every town in America. I'd be, I'd be uh, amazed if there was three towns in America Agreed. that had a concert like this. Uh, agreed. Yeah, we have all these musicians coming forth and doing this stuff. And, of course, you know, we tease each other, give each other a hard time and all. But, you know, you guys do a lot of great hard work at this. And, and I know it takes a lot of practice, a lot of beer. To learn all these different songs, you know, to, to perform this four-hour show. So now what you've done, it seems to me, is you expanded this. And you got a show called The Vinyl Countdown, which I, I just pray that no one's going to sing that wimpy, whiny butt song, the Final Countdown. Count- by your, I just want to slap them. I mean, yeah. oh my God. It's not a great song. No, no. But it's a good name for the event, The Vinyl Countdown, because you're featuring record stores. And, and there's a resurgence. In, in vinyl records now. It's amazing. You it know? is amazing. It is. And it's, Rick, I think it's such a good thing um, for the music community. Again, it's like part of these, like you, you know, we, we're seeing a couple things happen at the same time. You know, the, everyone knows about the Jackson Inn closing, and that's been very disappointing for a lot of musicians. But, you know, there'll be some new place that opens. There'll be other places that do music. Uh, part of the the... Uh, music, the local music community, you know, it has to do with bands. It has to do with places to play, venues, and it has to do with, uh, to me, I think record stores and and radio, yeah, local radio. Th- that's all part of the ecosystem that helps sustain a successful music community. Well, check this out. In 2022, because I, I looked this up prior to uh, us going on the air. 41 million vinyl units were sold. That's good. The 45s, 33s, 41 million in 2022 compared to 33 million CDs. Now, most people are downloading, right? You're yeah. just you're downloading things like that. Or streaming, How, yeah, right. But, you know, vinyl records are still 70% of all physical music sales. You're, you're talking about $1.2 billion in revenue. And the increases in vinyl records are amongst young people. Now, you can have some cool, weird things, like, for example, the Flaming Lips put together this album. Right. Uh, Sam Calgione worked on that. There was Preston, Germany, a very special vinyl pressing where they put beer inside the record. So it's an extra thick record, right? It's got beer in it. And do you remember the, uh, the something dragon? And... Yeah, yeah, it was the dragonflies and something. No, it was, uh, it, something... Imagine... Huh? No, it wasn't Imagine Dragon. No, the, it the was band a, is the Flaming Lips. It yeah. was it was a, it was a drink that was in it. Yeah, I know, right. Yeah, right. and and it sold like uh, like hundreds of thousands of copies. Right. They had to go back and do a second pressing. I read because so many people wanted this thing, and now younger people, especially like us when we were younger back in the last century. Just had to say that. Nineteen hundreds, right? You know, they're going to the record stores and buying the stuff like we are. As a matter of fact, I want that's, to... that's what amazes me though, yeah. Rick, is that this isn't like this isn't a gimmick or it doesn't it seems to be more than a fad because and it's not necessarily like you just mentioned, a lot of young kids are into this. 
So it goes beyond being just nostalgia. Yeah. Like for us, it's nostalgia. To me, it's like I've, you know, my record collection over the last 15 years has gone from probably 25 records to more than 600 Somewhere yeah. around that range. You're, you're, getting, so you're I, catching up. You're starting so to catch I, up. So I've gone back. I, you know, do, yeah. I, you know, went deep back into this, and I enjoy it. I yeah. find that I love listening to a whole side of a record, and I don't feel it. It feels complete to me. And I, you know, I'll be cooking in another room or something, or have some friends over, and we'll just play album sides. You never it, invited me. Over. I never been to his house either. Have you been to his house, Tony? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I got some good albums. You know, he's never, never have done that. It's usually just my meth dealer. Put on dealer. some forty-five. <laughs> meth dealer. Actually, you know what? So, so, but, but, you know, but for kids, that's not. There is no nostalgia. So, yeah. what is it to me? It, it, it really underscores what's happening it's here. It's because it's, it is, it goes beyond just uh, some sort of faddish nostalgia thing where you have kids that are this is a it, to me it underscores the fact that this is a superior way of putting out music yes more so than than streaming more so than cds uh it's you you really get to appreciate the album art you get to appreciate the liner notes and i think you appreciate the music better you actually spend time listening to what the artist was trying to say more than just one single. So uh, I've got a, a fairly substantial collection of albums and 45 RPMs. And before COVID, in fact, I think it was the year 1 BC. <laughs> that would be 2019. Uh, there is this college kid. He was uh, online and he said he, he was looking to buy a bunch of old 45s. And I saw it. I said, I got a bunch. How many do you have? I said, I got about 600. He said, what? I said, yeah. And, and there's some. So he came over to the house. And he was going through my, my 45s, the ones I would allow to sell, right? right? Yeah. And he was out of his mind. He said, these are really good condition. I said, well, yeah, the scratchy ones I've thrown away. And, and he says, well, don't do that anymore because I even want those. And it's just because of the quality. So we were talking about this. I said, well, back in the day, we would have these Marantz brand speakers, which yeah. were very, very popular, but they were great speakers. And we were always uh, talking about the, the audiophile conversations about what kind of receiver you're using. And what kind of cartridge, the whole deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this kid was totally into this thing. Now, remember, he's a college kid. He's like 19 years old. And, and he bought a bunch, and I gave him a break because, you know, college kids got no money. But he's totally into this kind of thing. And I realized from him anecdotally that more and more and more young people are really into, like you were saying, Jim, the, the, the sound. And the fact that the audio quality of these albums, not so much the 45s, uh, but, you know, my opinion, but the, the albums are so much better. Think about what an MP3 is. So you have this beefy audio file, right? And you chop off the bottom end and you chop off the top end. Just compress the heck out of it. And compress it yeah. just to make sure it fits and it's yeah. smaller. You listen to that versus a CD, and the CD always sounds better. And listen to a CD versus an album that's you know got no clicks in it, and you actually hear a little bit more, I think, from the album than you Absolutely. do from the CD. I mean, yeah. you take you take a dual turntable and a, um, a, a a set of Bose 901 speakers, yeah, and you put that stylus on the uh, on the record, and the whole world changes. Yeah, producer Randy, I just remember when when CDs first came out. Neil Young saying how much better the fidelity was on records when everyone was like, nah, they sound like crap. 
you know, because yeah. they have clicks and pops right. and dust in him and stuff. And now he's actually, it turns out he's right. As much as I can't stand when he when he uh, pulled his music off of Spotify because of uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Aside, putting that aside, I love that he pointed that out, and it took 30 years for everyone else to but know But didn't it. he, he actually had a movement doing something to increase the fidelity of CDs at one point. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah he was working towards something. Yeah, I, think yeah. He, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I don't, it ever came out. Yeah, I don't know where it ever got to, but I just got to say one thing. Jim uh, very much humbled me with his uh, kind remarks, but I couldn't do Shine a Light without somebody like Jim. Yeah. I mean, he really helps me a lot. Because you, you, you just need a piano player? Uh, no, I mean his attitude. Don't dare call me that. And his uh, keyboardist. He's got a huge heart. Yeah. I mean, he really does. And he's yeah. whenever I ask for something, he's right there with it. So I appreciate all he does. And his. Are family. you saying you want this five dollars back? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, I want you to know that also at uh, the final countdown, Queen Theater on the fourteenth. Final countdown. I hate you. Uh, it opens at five thirty. Band starts at six thirty. And I think it's pretty cool that you got folks from International Groove Records there, Jupiter Records, Rainbow Records, Squeezebox Records. we got to get to a break. We're going to come back because we actually brought some of our own albums here. And we're going to do a little video. We're going to put it up on social media. And we're going to share and make fun of each other because we brought in these records. So I don't need to get off my soapbox just yet, right? Because right, right. I, I've we're got some back. more important things. We're coming back. Wonderful. Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. All right, so coming up on the 14th, you're going to have some great bands. Uh, Grace Vonderkun, who she's wonderful, also, uh, they're wonderful. What, get, get, turn on the microphone there, huh? Oh, she is wonderful. That's Jim Miller, by the way, uh, musician, keyboardist to piano, and I don't know, how do you like to be described? Uh, I, you know, I'm a music advocate, um, local music advocate, musician. Yeah. Uh, yes. Whatever. Right. Uh, also, out and about <laughs> magazine, right? Yeah, you know. You I, know. I think uh, so. Yeah, Grace is great. She's got she's got a new album coming out. Uh, she's got a new coming out, album coming out soon. We just wrote a story about her. It's coming out next month. And then Tree Walker has an album that comes out. I think next weekend. Describe Tree Walker's music. Tree Walker is is a rock band, and they kind of remind me a, a little bit of like U two. They just got that real kind of like passionate vocals, great guitar, great pop rock songs that are you know very um, you know accessible, but kind of you know hard driving yeah. stuff and passionate. Well, well pa said. You know passionate. Really passionate stuff. I will, I will say this about Tree Walker. Years ago, we had a partnership with the Grand where we did this thing called Music Armageddon, which was a, a invention of J Joe Trainer, who's now with the Rock Orchestra and also does Shine a Light and a lot of other great things. But uh, Tree Walker was in in Music Armageddon and had done really well. I think they finished in the finals. And my, I wish I knew this a little bit more uh, before coming in here. I can't remember if they won or not, but they made it to the finals. And then they won um, best song in 2019, like right before, uh, right before COVID. They won best song uh, 19, 2019 on Hometown Heroes, uh -huh. and I think they won best band that year. So 
They're great These bands. These guys are good. They're yeah. great bands. Yeah. That's, that's, and I, I've said this for many, many years here. We have so many great musicians, great bands here uh, in Delaware. In fact, I don't know if I'll ever be allowed back in the Queen again because I actually said out loud in front of God and everybody, uh, you don't have to pay those outrageous Ticketmaster Live Nation fees. You've got a lot of great musicians here that are playing all kinds of different clubs. You're just going to find them online. And, uh, and and we need to have that. We need to have like, this one calendar that has all the, the bands here in Delaware yeah. online where you can do that. It's just hard to get everybody to coordinate and talk about that. So here's the deal: uh, on the 14th at the Grand, at uh, sorry, at the Queen Theater, it's called uh, the Vinyl Countdown with all these record companies. You got three great bands. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, and and I'm going to be there. Yeah, because right? because I know it's going to be great, and I, I I really enjoy local music, and I, I what I do is I stand there and go like, yeah, I wish I could do that. And I watch somebody else play another instrument. I wish I could do that. And I watch, you know, it's it's kind of that. And then I just enjoy the heck out of it. Right. You and know? this is, you know, the, the the impetus for this was that you've got Record Store Day coming on Saturday, April 22nd. And we wanted to do something that was like a kickoff for that event. It's become very huge across the country. Record Store Day is, there's 1,400 independent record stores that come together they do special releases. If, you, if you're not familiar with Record Store Day, again, it's Saturday, April 22nd for all participating stores. But it, it, to, to me, I, I think, Rick, knowing what I know about you, like this is such a, a wonderful small business success story because you have 1,400 independent record stores that are employing people yep. locally in their communities, and they all banded together to, to really promote vinyl music. Um, I think was one of the big record executives from Universal a couple years back saying Record Store Day is the best thing that has ever happened to really? independent record stores. Nice. And that's someone from a major label saying this because they understand that these things are they're local grassroots uh, phenomenons and they catch on. And local record stores, they're like I said, like local, they're like the local media, local radio where they they help. They're part of that ecosystem where they help really um, create an atmosphere that that's very beneficial for local musicians and and they, they, these things like you know you go to a local record store they're going to talk to you about what kind of music you like well you might like this you might like that they may t turn you on to some local bands that you didn't know about and and just kind of like we're doing right now it's it's if you don't it, without music it's just an empty room yeah you know. And without a local music community, it's you're like living in a desert because there's no you're lacking culture, like culture and art is part of the backbone of any good civilization. You know, going back thousands of years. So, uh, if I could, Jim, um, it's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about doing these benefits to keep these venues alive. Uh, we were scheduled to do a uh, show up at World Cafe Live on March 30th, and there wasn't enough interest, um, so we canceled that one. But I did one at the Grand uh, last year, uh, or in November, and that was a, um, a tribute to Todd Rundgren's music. And then on April 22nd, uh, I'll be doing a benefit at uh, Theater N., uh, for the 45th anniversary of the debut of the Blues Brothers. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. yeah, I've got a huge band. Uh, Jim is part of that. Nice. 
Yeah, so, I got a story well, about that. Well, there's another thing. Well, before we get to that, that, but understand that a lot of the stuff by the Rock Orchestra, we talk about Joe Trainer, and yeah. I, I think the guy's brilliant. I mean, you know, he <laughs> the, the, he put together this thing with the Rock Orchestra where they they perform every Beatles album in sequence, and he had to actually transcribe miles and miles yeah. of, of this musical yeah. notation for all the bands and. On Revolution Number Nine, with all the sound effects, yeah, that's performed live. It's amazing! It's, it's stunning, yeah. and it's happening here in Delaware, man. So that's why I say you go online and you look for the bands. You look to see, hey, uh, when's Stone Shakers playing? When's When the Funk playing? Uh, where's uh, the Rock Orchestra playing? And and you you get to know these bands and find them. So what you wanted to say about this thing, Jim? Well, I, I will say this about the you know Joe. Um, yeah, I had the pleasure of playing with him just recently uh, at the Baby Grand for the Talking Amazing Heads. show, Jim. Thank that you. That was mind-blowing. <laughs> and and doing those things, like doing that and going back into the catalog of, of the Talking Heads and learning those songs and programming my synthesizer <laughs> and playing with Dan Long, who plays with us in Region, who is an amazing synthesizer player and someone I've looked up to for, for decades. Uh but doing that really just, it made me feel like a kid again. Like yeah. going back into those and, and listening to the records again and, and you know, just playing that music was such a joyful experience. Well, let's do, let's do this. Let's be kids again because even though, you know, uh, by the way, Tony Capella's here, showrunner for uh, Shine Light on the Queen, also bass player, a lot of different uh, bands around here. And then Jim Miller, a musician with a number of different bands and projects and such. He's at Out and Out Magazine. And you were talking about the fact that, uh, Tony, he never invites us to his house when he's cooking to listen to records. Okay, now I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get, you'll get an invitation. We should. What are you cooking? <laughs> what are you making? Uh, well, we'll figure something out. No, I, I don't like that. I, got, you don't I, like make, that I make my own barbecue sauce. So oh, do I'll, you? You'll, I'll, do, I'll do something on the grill. Okay. So I, I like that idea. Yeah. Barbecue yeah. sauce. Yeah, yeah. Right down the street from All right. So uh, as kids, you go to friend's house. Bring out you, you oh. like We go to Tony's house, like, you know, back in the day, and uh, and 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 uh, you bring it like a six pack of cokes and, and your new album. Like, yeah. hey, look at this Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, man! Wow, let's go listen to this. Right? That's how old we are. Uh, look at I, that Todd. So, right uh, so I asked these guys bring in something significant from your record collection. Now, um, you were talking about music stores. I'll have you know, and this is bragging. I, I confess, I, I am because there. I, Record collecting is often an illness, so I sold 90% of my record collection to oh a boy. small record store. It gave me $3,000. Wow. Now, I sold 90%. You have to do math here, Tony. That means I kept how much, Tony? Uh, don't ask me. That'd be 10%. Okay? <laughs> okay. I have 980 albums. And so are, you, are you asking me to do math? So yeah. you're saying Randy, you, you had me. over uh, you had about ten thousand albums. I did. They're all over the house in peach crates, and wow. and my wife said you got to get rid of them. And so I said, but I kept my favorite nine hundred and eighty. And I swear to God, I've listened to at least two songs in every album. <laughs> I really have. Even of the ten thousand, I I did. I'd come home, listen to some of it a little bit, and put it up and uh, wow. put it in plastic. So, so uh, what did you bring? Well, I brought the I brought Talking Heads. Uh, Nice. Speak, speaking in tongues because it was it's related to what the the show we just did and and you know listening to this album I was just like this brings so much joy to me and there's two keyboard player well there's actually three p keyboard players on this because you have Jerry Harrison who was part of the Talking Heads but the other two that they they brought on um, one was Wally Batteru who I'll get to in a second 
was really you know amazing. But then you had Bernie Worrell, mm-hmm. who from Parliament Funkadelic, who brought some really just groovy, deep, funky you know elements to songs like "My Girlfriend Is Better" and you know. So you, to me, it was real joy to get back into that project again and listen to this stuff because this album from start to finish is just such a wonderful upbeat kind of off kilter you know yeah. it's not like talking heads like how do you describe the talking heads it's it's a rock band it's a pop band they were kind of punky weird they're kind of funky they kind of do some afrobeat it's just all over the bizarre place. vocals Folky, bizarre yeah. country yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> right. yeah, yeah you know right. yeah so you brought something meaningful yeah unlike what i brought but uh and and we're going to make a video of this and put on social media so um later on right after the show about 15 20 minutes so jim we're going to Put this on which social media? Where do you want to put it? Well, I think we will throw it on Facebook somehow. Your we'll, Facebook yeah. page? We'll, we'll, um, yeah, we'll get it up there. I don't know, the Queen or maybe the... So we'll uh, can get on the event page, too. Right? On yeah. the Queen Theater? Yep. Yeah. I'll give it to the guys here, and uh, we can get it on the... Sweet. The but, EL. you know, one thing I'm curious, too, is the listeners out there, if they go to the event page, why don't they post their favorite albums? Or nice. something that they, they bought locally... Recently, mm-hmm. whether it's Jupiter at Jupiter Records or Rainbow or Squeezebox or International Groove, like pick out something that they really enjoy. So you can do that at the Queen Facebook page. Yeah, Look, do it on that. We'll just we'll yeah. do it on the uh, event page. Okay, right. We'll, we'll start. We'll start it with our thing today, and then we'll. And okay. Any, anybody out good. there has uh, Slim Whitman or Boxcar Willie? I'm really. Struggling to find those struggle. Albums. The struggle's real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what else did you bring, uh, Jim well, Miller? I mean, I brought, so I brought this album, Wally Batteru, which was, uh, I like I mentioned, he was on the Little Feet thing. Little Feet. Uh, Talking Heads. Talking Heads. Yeah. Um, man, I'm getting old already. But this guy was like a keyboard player in the, in the 80s. Oh, sure. And, you know, Put that out. I forget that. Was that 1983? Keys, High Life, Mambo, Voices, Canyon. But, you know, the guy was French, uh, African, and did stuff that, you know, when you, if you hear if you hear someone say this is a synthesizer album, yeah. 90% of the stuff on synthesizer, you're probably thinking of something that's very cold or kind of like craft work. Or, Moog. You know, <laughs> yeah. or the, the other way around. Like, craft work. Or something like, you know, Rick Wakeman. Yeah. And this was very different to me. And I picked it up early because I was really in the talking heads when I was younger. And, and I picked this up, and and it's very organic, and it's, it's unlike um, anything else. I don't know if I – if you went back to it today, you'd be like, wow, this sounds great. It's very relevant today. So this is what we need to do. We need to go to his house, put another record player, no, we'll and do and that. Do that. <laughs> uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, and I, uh, I, I brought three significant albums. Yeah, let's see what you got. <laughs> well, from my collection. Okay, so this is Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, but you'll notice. Oh, wow, oh. look at that. That's an import. Yeah, yeah, this has never been played. It's never been opened. It's still sealed, and it's it's all in Japanese. I bet you that's wow. worth like three hundred bucks. Uh, it's three sixty-five. Wow! I saw it on one of these sites. It's worth like three hundred sixty-five bucks, and I'm not going to sell it. All right, and uh, and then I've got this is a promo copy which you cannot buy. It's the Cutting Crew and their one-hit wonder hit. I almost died in your arms tonight. Oh right! And we're going to put this on the on like we'll do a little video okay. or something, and we'll put it on the event page at thequeentheater.com. Or the Queen Theater's Facebook page, I guess. Yeah, we'll put yeah. it on the Queen's Yeah, we'll put it on Facebook the Queen's page, Facebook page on Vents, and you'll see. I'll hold a picture of this. It is actually a black saw blade wow. made, made out of plastic. It's deadly. <laughs> you don't want to take it out of the package. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, someone likes to tell a story that I threw it down the hallway at a radio station in Cincinnati. Let me just tell you this. That never happened. Wow. It's someone who doesn't like me said that. And it's uh, it's very frightening looking. But it's, it's like a circular saw. It wow. does look that like That is it. wild. Yeah. The cutting crew, it is, and it plays. Don't, yeah, don't, you know, does it have like a warning label? Don't play above 45 RPMs. <laughs> it's, it, it does have a warning. It says here... Uh, watch your hands, watch your turntable. The edges of this record are sharp. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> oh, it, is. it really does. Oh, you yeah, can cut yourself on this. It's it's deadly. And uh, like I said, I have some oddities. I've got uh, Aretha Franklin uh, Franklin's uh, Freeway of Love, pink, oh, a, wow. a pink vinyl. That's before even vinyl was like popular to come out with colors. That's have you ever heard of uh, Billy Mummy from... Yes. Lost in Space? Lost in Space. And then he was in some other science fictions. I, so uh, he had a good friend from junior high school. They'd been friends forever and ever. And they started this band and did weird songs. And it was played on Dr. Demento on Sunday nights. Wow. And one of those songs is called Fish Heads. I don't know if you remember I, this. Goes, I remember this song. Fish heads, fish hands, roly poly, fish hands, fish hands, fish hands, eat them up, yum. <laughs> All right, so uh, it was kind of bizarre, but I got this album. Um, I don't even remember where I got it, uh, but it's from Rhino Records, and they do weird things, and here it is. It's going to be on the Facebook page wow. at the Queen Theater under events. This is an actual record. I played it. Now, why is it such a big deal? It's actually a flipping fish head. It is. It, it How is, does it play? On the record? Oh, no, it's a 45. I mean, no, you okay. see right here, you yeah, see the grooves. I, I see. It's an odd shape for a record wow. because it's shaped like a fish head. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a fish head shape. I don't even know what kind of fish it is. It looks like a coho salmon or something. But, um, yeah. I should, I, I should also add that Billy Mummy <laughs> was on the Twilight Zone episode that they redid for the movie. Where it was, um, and the kid's name, this is funny, the kid's name was Anthony, the kid who could, like, make anything he wished happen. Yeah. And there was, like, you know, the... the, the oh, the cartoon house? And all yeah, that? right, yeah. right. Oh, like, wow. And they, the people, yep. they, they pick up a hitchhiker and, and they can't leave the house and, and all, the, all the... That was a good thing you did, Anthony, that they're all, like, scared of what he may yeah. be able to do. yeah. But Billy Mummy, well, yeah, Billy Mummy lost in space. And so he did this album. They, they, they call it Barnes and Barnes, and there's some really inappropriate songs on it. Yeah, I, uh, I saw the title. I can't even yeah. see. I, I'm not even allowed to say it. I think Party, yeah. party in My Pants. I didn't realize that he was. Yeah, but did <laughs> he's a uh, bit of a, uh, I don't know, perv or what. I don't yeah, know. Strange. Yeah, Billy, uh, that sense of humor of yours. We're very concerned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a great song you did, Billy. That was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. Please, uh, don't that hurt fish me. Fishhead song. Really. It's great. Yeah, don't don't hurt me. Yeah. So actually, what I wanted to show you guys, since we were sharing the, yeah, uh, yeah. the albums, so that's really cool. You brought in meaningful, deep musical knowledge and history, and I bring in fish heads and uh, and an album that's shaped like a saw blade. Well, you know what? I I did bring a. You brought in the import. I want to do. You brought oh the import. Yeah, it's all in I, Japanese. Not the, so here's just the one, album. Not here's the... when I got this this Japanese oh, import. Oh, a journey. And it's a journey album. And this is this was like early. This is like when Journey just got um, Steve Perry on board. Yeah. And they did a Japanese movie called Dream After Dream. The movie's hard to find. Uh huh. This album's hard to find. I had the uh, I had to order this. Um, and I might have ordered it through Squeezebox, but they, uh, um, you, you know, you had Greg Raleigh, who was, you know, the whole thing with Journey was that they, they started off, they were like a side project from Santana. It was Neil Sean and... and uh, Greg Raleigh. Greg Raleigh, and, yeah. and uh, 
and Ross Valerie were. But they brought in uh, Steve was a Steve, he's a vocal coach from Los Angeles. Steve Perry. Once they brought in Steve Perry, the whole thing changed. Well, like, really he, got he was uh, supposed to be their vocal coach, and he was coaching. And then I guess he decided he wanted to be in the band and uh, replaced. Was Raleigh actually singing, or was there somebody else? Yeah, uh, Raleigh was, he singing, was singing. You know, mainly. But yeah. there was they did a lot of instrumentals. And this album is a lot of instrumentals because it's a it's a theme, you know, it's basically a soundtrack for how much did a they movie. want for this thing? Hang on. That's uh you can usually they have the price here. Uh one thousand nine hundred and fifty yen. Yeah. Is so, uh, is what they wanted for this thing, which is twelve cents. Well, so yeah. Yeah, it's it, but you know, here's something that's really hard to find and you know, the movie is almost impossible to find. Um but it's kind of it cool because watching? I mean, if you're I've never be... seen the movie. Oh, yeah? I, I, I think it's on Netflix. It's impo- or I don't think you're not. I don't yeah. think you're going to find this. What's movie. the title of the movie? The movie is called uh, Dream After Dream. Okay. But it was a you know Japanese movie, and I don't think you're. I don't think you're going to find it. But you can't find the album, and the album is really good mm-hmm. because it's different from. It's not like separate ways. It's it's more of a like a prog. Kind of you know what else is weird about this? Uh, you talk about the value of record albums. Okay, so you go back to like nineteen late 1980s, and I had a copy of Leonard Skinner's Street Survivors, the original with the flames in the background. The guys are oh, all standing uh, with yeah, flames in the yeah. background. Well, it's a great album. Here's what happened, though. Uh, like within a week of them releasing the record, you had half the band die in a horrible, terrible, oh, fiery plane wow. crash. So, And it was terrible. I said, oh, my God. And you got the album. So the record company... Pulled all the albums and said, we have to redo it. And they did a whole new cover without flames on everything. I had that album. Oh. Now, I would never sell it, but I had the album. And I remember uh, at the time, that album was worth something like, like 250 bucks. You know, it's an album I bought for nine ninety nine. Yeah, right. You know, and it was worth two hundred fifty bucks because the record company pulled it back and they said, "No, we can't sell this." Well, if you deny something that people want in the yeah. marketplace, it drives the price up. Oh yeah. Okay, that's not my late nineteen eighties. Fast forward to the internet. Fast forward nowadays, I can find that online for twenty bucks. <laughs> well, the, now I never sold it. I don't want yeah. to sell it, but I just think it's interesting that it was like two hundred and fifty bucks. Come on, man, I can't yeah. get that album. And now it's the internet, and the earth is flat, and twenty bucks. But you know, to I think that also brings up an interesting point about you know um, the value of things. Like if you have a record, you have a record collection of what you said nine hundred sixty albums. And I'm not trying to get morbid here, but the day when you do pass, you're going to bequeath that record collection to someone and your family or friend. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and they're going to really yeah. appreciate that. Now, we got to wrap this up, though. Uh, but it's true because my music is my kids' music, but my parents' music was ever my but music. But it's not going to be a thumb drive of a thousand songs. Exactly. Right? It's going to be these albums. What do we do with 980 albums? All right. Jim Miller, out and about, and great musician. And Tony Capella, who's, uh, he does some, you know, random sales. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank great, you, Rick. Great musician. <laughs> Queen Theater, the 14th of April. Uh, go online, uh, the Queen, and buy tickets for the vinyl. Countdown. It's going to be a great time. Now we have to get Thank to you. Delaware's afternoon news.